Well, good morning. It is Friday. Friday, if you care. Most of us don't. Friday, January 19th, 2024. Friday, January 19th, 2024. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Can I just say how much I appreciate you so much? for coming every day, in case I haven't told you that before. Uh, if you can, please bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be fantastic. Uh, and you can tweet to me or X to me uh, questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly known as Twitter. Hey, you know, don't forget, look for Friday's flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep. That's when politicians... Throw something out there in uh, the news late on Friday or Saturday in the hopes that it'll disappear in the 24-hour news cycle. That's what they like to do. It happens sometimes. Biden's done it quite a bit lately. You know, we've talked about that. Him and his, his support for Israel, which I don't know how it can possibly uh, continue uh, after what happened yesterday, but we'll get to that in a minute. First... As we normally do, let's start with the war in Ukraine. Uh, The Russian foreign ministry said today a delegation of members of the Hamas militant movement has visited Russia. The uh, The foreign ministry said in a statement during the conversation, the focus was on the ongoing confrontation in the uh, Palestinian-Israeli conflict zone against the backdrop of which the humanitarian crisis in the Gaza Strip has reached catastrophic proportions. The Russian side stressed the need for the speedy release of civilians captured during the attacks October 7th and held by Palestinian factions, including three Russian citizens, uh, A. uh, A. Kaslov, a Labanov and A Trufanov, apparently all three of them with the first initial of A. Lithuanian's foreign minister, Gabrielius Landsbergis, has said on the Davos summit in Switzerland, there's a chance that Russia might not be contained in Ukraine. He said, we need common procurement. We could procure things that are needed to defend Europe. This is Europe's war. Of course, that was a translation. In Australia, criticism is being directed at the government for refusing to donate to Ukraine its retired fleet of Taipan Army helicopters. The uh, Australian-built version of the European NH-90, opting instead to strip them for parts and then bury what is left. Uh, Apparently, the Taipan has had a troubled service uh, history, including a fatal crash. But the NH-90 is flown by militaries in Europe and elsewhere. Uh, Maybe they can give the parts to Ukraine. I I, I don't know if Ukraine could use them. Uh, They probably could. Uh, Ukraine has warned that its army faces a very real and pressing ammunition shortage as a new 23-nation effort to supply it with artillery was agreed at a meeting in Paris. The artillery coalition sits within the wider Rammstein contact group, which gathers more than 50 countries supporting Ukraine. The EU has started discussions on a, a new sanctions package for Russia 
that it aims to approve by the 24th of February. The potential measures include, uh, could include further listings, more trade restrictions, and a cracking down on Moscow's continued ability to get around the bloc's sanctions, both through third countries and companies within the EU. And if, if you remember, we just reported that uh, uh, Ukraine found lots of technological parts uh, in missiles and drones coming from the United States. So there's a problem that something needs to be tightened. NATO will launch its biggest military exercises in decades next week with around 90,000 personnel set to take parts in months of drills aimed at showing the alliance uh, that the alliance can defend all of its territory up to its border with Russia. UK, uh, of course, there's an 800-mile border in, just in, in uh, uh, north of the Black Sea. Uh, NATO will launch its biggest military exercises in decades next week with around 90,000 personnel set to take part in months of drills aimed at showing the alliance uh, it can defend all of its territory up to its border with Russia. Um, if, if a war with NATO ever happened, Russia could not last long because they don't have the military personnel to go, go across that entire border. Even with the with uh, Belarus backing them, they don't. Uh, UK Defence Secretary Grant Shapps has said the government in London would send 20,000 troops backed by advanced fighter jets, surveillance planes, warships, and submarines, with many being deployed in Eastern Europe from February through to June. Fire has broken out over a large area of an oil storage depot in southern Russia, after officials say it was hit by a Ukrainian drone. Yeah, different stories. Uh, either the drone dropped something that exploded or it was hit by a drone. One or the other, but of course Russia denied it first. But anyway, Russian media says four oil tanks caught a light and the fire then spread over an area of a thousand square meters. The Bryansk governor said the drone was intercepted near the town of Klintsky, uh, Klintsky and its explosives then fell on the oil depot. Which really sounds ridiculous saying they stopped the drone, but it hit its target anyway, right? That's kind of weird. Uh, Ukraine's strategic industries minister, Alexander Kamishin, uh, said yesterday, yes, last night we hit the target. This thing crossed 1,250 kilometers, which is like yeah, less than 800 miles, like 775 miles. Uh, last night, uh, Russia's defense ministry said on Friday that its air defense systems had brought down a Ukrainian drone over Bryansk at 6 uh, 06.40 local time. Uh, and regional head Alexander Bogomaz said later that two further drones had been destroyed without damage. There were also reports of a drone strike on a gunpowder factory near the city of Tambov, hundreds of kilometers northeast of the Ukrainian border, uh, almost uh, the same distance uh, from Ukraine, the Ukraine border as Moscow, but way southeast of there. Um, uh, be between the two targets and the Ukraine border, it would make a triangle, I suppose. A source 
At Ukraine's main intelligence directorate told media in Kyiv there would be further attacks on military targets inside Russia as most of its air defense and electronic warfare system had been concentrated in occupied parts of Ukraine. Uh, Kyiv says attacks on Russian oil depot in Klinsky, part of fair retaliation for Moscow strikes on Ukraine's infrastructure. I, and, uh, you know, I'd say more than fair since it's a military target, not a civilian one like what Russia is hitting. And by the way, I really want to see a gunpowder factory explode. I want to see that video. <laughs> now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. <clears throat> this, of course, uh, is not a surprise. Let's have some coffee here. Decaf this morning, because I'm going to get some a little bit, a little bit later. Uh, yeah, this is not a surprise. His actions, his words all this time have all pointed to this. Yesterday, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu informed the United States that there will be no independent Palestinian state after the current war on Gaza is over and that Israel will control Palestine from the river to the sea. That is a spit right in Biden's face. If you remember, Netanyahu actually funded Hamas so the PLO could not establish itself. Netanyahu said during a uh, nationally televised press conference, from every area we evacuate, we have received terrible terror against us. uh, You've received terror against you compared to what they've received? You've got to be kidding. Uh, Anyway, he continued. It happened in southern Lebanon. It happened in Gaza and also in Judea and Samaria. Therefore, I clarify that in any arrangement in the future, the state of Israel has to control the entire area from the river to the sea. This is what happens when you have sovereignty. So when you assholes complain about certain congressional representatives... Using the term from the river to the sea, you better damn well complain that Netanyahu is using it also. Netanyahu continued speaking about his ethnic cleansing, genocidal plans for his master race. He said, This truth I say to our American friends, and I also stopped the attempt to impose on us a reality that will jeopardize us A prime minister of Israel has to be able to say no, even to the best of friends. He's calling out the U.S. To say no when you need to and to say yes when you can. Yesterday, following Netanyahu's comments, U.S. State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller said there is no way to solve the region's long-term challenges to provide lasting security, and there is no way to solve the short-term challenges of rebuilding Gaza and establishing governance in Gaza and providing security for Gaza without the establishment of uh, a Palestinian state. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres responded to Netanyahu's comments in a statement reiterating his stance that the only way to stem the suffering in the region is an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza and a process that leads to sustained peace 
for Israelis and Palestinians based on a two-state solution. So after that spit in the face, what is Biden to do? Will he finally grow a set and pull aid from Israel? Doubtful. On Wednesday, Israeli opposition leader Yair Lapid filed a no-confidence motion against Netanyahu's far-right government over its inability to secure the release of the 136 Israeli and other hostages still held by Palestinian militants in Gaza. Lapid's Yesh Atid party said in a statement, This government cannot continue to exist. It is a failure that costs human lives and the future of the country. As we've reported before, wagging the dog. Uh, Netanyahu is facing three criminal corruption cases. And opponents allege he is dragging out the war in an effort to evade justice. It's way, way, way past time for the U.S. to end aid to Israel. Um, first Russia, now Israel. Yesterday, <clears throat> the executive board of the International Olympic Committee met in Gangneung, South Korea. They are being pressured to remove Israel from the Olympics because of their war crimes and genocide. More than 300 Palestinian sports clubs and civil society groups launched a campaign to ban Israel from the 2024 Paris Olympics. They say <clears throat> to allow Israel in the midst of genocide to participate in the upcoming Olympic Games would signal to the international community that the IOC approves of the gravest of war crimes. Participants are urging the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, to apply its principles and fulfill its obligations by banning Israel from the next Olympic Games to be held in Paris in July 2024 until it ends its grave violations of international law, particularly its system of apartheid and its ongoing genocide in Gaza. Adding to the reasons besides just genocide, a recent report published by the Palestinian Football Association stated that at least 85 Palestinian athletes, including 55 soccer players, have been killed by Israeli bombs and bullets. Those figures include 55 youth. In an opinion piece published yesterday in The Guardian, Karim Zidane, who writes about the intersection of sports and politics, contented that the glaring disparity in the treatment of Israel and Russia by the IOC sends a troubling message regarding the perceived value of human rights and dignity, particularly in the context of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, by refraining from applying the same standards to Israel as they did to Russia, these sporting organizations appear to suggest that Palestine, as a member state and a, participate, a participant in major international events, is not deserving of the same level of sympathy, dignity, or the commitment required to uphold their fundamental human rights. And as I've said many times, that Israel is doing exactly what Russia did. Though, though I, I, I will say that Ukraine did not attack Russia. Uh, let's see if the IOC grows a set and stands up to apartheid 
and genocide. Let's see what happens. According to uh, state-run Korean Central News Agency, North Korea uh, conducted a test of its underwater nuclear weapons system in response to the United States, Japan, and South Korea's joint military exercises. According to an unnamed spokesperson at the North Korean Ministry of Defense, the joint maritime exercises conducted by the three countries, which took place in the waters around Jeju Island, have become a cause of further destabilization of the regional situation and a serious threat to the security of North Korea. Of course, they're always going to say that. As a countermeasure to the serious threat, North Korea tested its Hail 523 system, which has been under development in the waters of the East Sea. From what I understand, Hail, which is spelled H-A-E-I-L, is Korean for tsunami, which is what a nuclear torpedo could cause. They wouldn't even need to hit their targets. All they, all they would need to do is blow up somewhere near a bunch of ships, ships to um, capsize them, I suppose. Congress has kicked the can down the road yet again and did a CR, a continuing resolution of the current budget from last year, to give Congress more time to do a budget that will last longer than a month. Of course, the infighting of a Republican Congress, as much as the infighting between Republicans and uh, Democrats, or the outfighting, has call, caused the delay. The biggest problem is the Freedom Caucus, of course. We, we got to get rid of them. We got to get rid of them. Uh, the Biden-Harris administration announced nearly $5 billion in student loan forgiveness. This is for uh, public workers with loans, uh, you know, uh, teachers, nurses, firefighters, and others. Um, there was an agreement with public workers uh, that got loans uh, that the loans would be forgiven if they went uh, and did public service for 10 years, but banks made it difficult. They made you jump through hoops, and even after months of jumping through hoops, they said, eh, you know, yeah, we're not going to do it <laughs> uh, because they're banks. That's what they do. Um, and, and Biden decided, uh, you know, this isn't fair. These people deserve to be forgiven. So they put the onus on banks that they had to prove that these people couldn't, basically. But anyway, this goes further. This is going to uh, forgive loans for probably 44,000 people, I suppose, maybe more. I, I don't know the exact amount. Uh, like I said, teachers, nurses, firefighters, and others eligible after 10 years of service. <clears throat> uh, yesterday, U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders announced that the Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions, uh, which he chairs, will vote later this month on subpoenas to force two pharmaceutical CEOs to explain why their companies charge substantially higher prices for medicine in the U.S. compared to other countries. And this has always been a thorn in the U.S. economy. Uh, U.S. citizens subsidize lower medicines co medicine costs around the world. Uh, Sanders said in a statement, it is absolutely unacceptable that the CEOs 
of Johnson & Johnson and Merck have refused an invitation by a majority of members on the Health Committee to appear before Congress about the outrageously high price of prescription drugs. Last November, Sanders and the Health Committee Democrats asked the CEOs nicely of Johnson & Johnson, Merck, and Bristol-Myers uh, Squibb to testify at a hearing on drug prices. Uh, Bristol-Myers Squibb, CEO Chris Borner, was the only one who agreed to testify. Uh, the January 31st vote will decide whether to compel Johnson & Johnson CEO Joachim Duato and Merck CEO Robert Davis to do so. Sanders said these CEOs may make tens of millions of dollars in compensation. Uh, the pharmaceutical companies they run may make billions in profits, but that does not give them a right to evade congressional oversight. It is time to hold these pharmaceutical companies accountable for charging the American people the highest prices in the world for the medicine they need. As the Health Committee considers legislation to lower prescription drug prices, it is critical that these CEOs explain how they determine the price of medicine in the United States. And we know how they determine it. They determine it because, in general, there's a lot of rich people in the United States more than other countries, so they can charge whatever they want. It's supply and demand. Other countries and uh, uh, other countries with poorer people cannot afford medicine, so they lower the prices so they can, to the, just barely to the point that they could afford it. Well, maybe not that low. <laughs> you know they are greedy. Missouri. Yesterday, a coalition of reproductive and civil rights groups formally launched an effort to advance an amendment that would enshrine abortion rights in the Missouri Constitution. They, uh, Missouri has really strict abortion laws right now uh, because of Republicans. Uh, Missourians uh, for Constitutional Freedom began collecting signatures throughout the state after they selected one proposed con constitutional amendment to attempt to a place on the 2024 ballot from an original field of about 11 possible options. The proposed amendment in Missouri would enshrine language in the state's constitution that protects abortion rights as well as other reproductive rights up until fetal viability or around the 24th week of pregnancy, with exception after that point for the life and health of the woman. The proposed amendment states that the government shall not deny or infringe upon a person's fundamental right to reproductive freedom, which is defined as, uh, as all decisions related to reproductive health care, expl explicitly including birth control, abortion care, and miscarriage care, up until fetal viability. The proposal would also deem any denial, interference, delay, or restriction of such care as invalid. Uh, Tori Schaefer, the deputy director for policy and campaign at the American Civil Liberties Union of Missouri said in an interview, passing this amendment will end our state's abortion ban and make sure Missourians and their families can once again make the decisions that are best for them. We believe that decisions around pregnancy, including abortion, birth control, and miscarriage care are personal and private and that they should be left up to patients and their families. The group now must submit 172,000 valid signatures by May 5th to qualify for the ballot placement later this year. 
If the effort is successful, it would then be up to Governor Mike Parson, a Republican, to decide which ballot to place the measure on. Parson could choose to place the proposed amendment, for example, on the ballot for August 6th, the date of the state's primary elections for many offices, excluding the presidential primaries, or on November 5th, general election ballot. As a Republican, it is doubtful he will try and put it on the November 5th ballot because that would bring too many Democrats out to vote against Republicans, and that would be bad for Republicans. Yeah, there's always a political reason, right? Jonathan Swift wrote sometime around 1700, a lie can, yeah, I know, this is, this is, uh, um, uh, this, this is, uh, people say that Mark Twain said this. Mark Twain did say this, but he wasn't the first to say it, okay? Jonathan Swift wrote sometime around 1700, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard that statement. Uh, this was before air tri- travel or telephones, telegraph, or any modern technology was invented that could trans- transfer uh, information across the globe. But now, modern tech is creating and distributing those lies at light speed. The FEC has a daunting task. Get a hold of deep fakes before the election. But they have already happened and there is no grasp yet to stop them. After Robert Weissman, uh, president of the Consumer Advocacy Watchdog Public Citizen, said this week that the FEC hasn't managed to use its existing authority to head off the problem. Federal Elections Commission uh, Chair Sean Cooksey, a Republican, told the Washington Post that the commission is working on the issue. He said the FEC is diligently reviewing the thousands of public comments submitted regarding a proposed ban on the use of AI to deliberately misrepresent politicians' words and actions in campaign ads by producing... uh, Deep fake videos, audio clips, and images. And, and by the way, deep fakes. Uh, he shouldn't. He shouldn't be narrowing this to campaign ads because they happen all over the internet. They don't have to be campaign ads. People, anybody can do it. I could do it. But honestly, is that enough? By the time they've been submitted, this, this guy, he said he's looking at all these things submitted. By the time they've been submitted, the lie is already around the world. Deep fakes have already been used by the campaigns of Trump and DeSantis. Uh, DeSantis used a deep fake of Trump saying something that he didn't, uh, uh, did, that he didn't say. I heard it uh, the other day. Cooksey said that the FEC will resolve the AI rulemaking by early summer after many state primaries are over. Weissman of Public Citizen said the FEC's slow walking of the political deepfake issue threatens our democracy. The schedule described by FEC Chair Cooksey means that even if the agency decides to proceed with a rulemaking on deepfakes, it's not likely to have a rule out in time for the 2024 election. That's intolerable. 
I say, <clears throat> this is me personally, Cooksey is a Republican, and he knows Republicans will use deep fakes over Democrats, and it will keep them, uh, and it will help them more. Weissman said, there's no reason for the Federal Election Commission to stand idly by and risk fraud and fakery overwhelming election integrity. However, there is still time for the agency to expedite its actions and get a clear rule in place. It must do so. Federal lawmakers, including Senators Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota and Josh Hawley, Republican from Montana, have proposed legislation to ban deep fakes, but party leaders have not yet pushed for a vote on specific bills. The Democratic National Committee has also called on the FEC to take swift action on public citizens' petitions, but the Republican National Committee has claimed the FEC does not <clears throat> have the authority to regulate AI in campaign ads. That could mean if Cooksey actually does something, it could be challenged in court anyway. Either way, believe none of what you hear and half of what you see. Confirm everything. Uh, yesterday, the Georgia election workers who won a $148 million defamation case against Rudy, 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 Rudy Giuliani, filed an objection to Giuliani's bid to use his bankruptcy claim to appeal the case. On December 15th, the jury ordered Giuliani to pay Fulton County election workers Ruby Freeman and her daughter Shay Moss $148 million in damages for defaming them. On uh, December 20th, a judge doubled down on the penalty, ordering Giuliani to immediately pay the two women. The next day, and I said this the day before it happened, Giuliani filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. By filing for bankruptcy, Giuliani was granted an immediate pause from having to pay the penalty. However, Giuliani also sought an exception from the stay in order to be able to appeal the defamation case and possibly request a new trial. You can't do both. Uh, but guess what? He's getting another trial anyway. Just not what he wanted. Shortly after being awarded the $148 million in damages, Freeman and Moss filed another lawsuit against Giuliani to stop him from repeating claims that they engaged in election interference in 2020. I, this is the same thing as, as the E. Jean Carroll, I, I mean, her second case against Trump for defaming uh, uh, her. And, and this is their second case against Giuliani for defaming them. In the filing yesterday, the lawyers argue that Giuliani has continued to defame Freeman and Moss before, during, and after the damages trial. The filing highlighted uh, Giuliani's January 5th appearance on his America Mayor Live show in which he repeated previous allegations of ballot fraud. Moving on. We've talked about how the Fed raises rates so they can, uh, could raise unemployment numbers to drive down wages because they claim wages were a driver of inflation and driving down wages is good for business. That's what the Fed does. They're all about corporations. But they never once did anything to rein in obscene profit-taking, which is more responsible for inflation than everything. 
Uh, Economic justice think tank Groundwork Collaborative said the high prices linked to the coronavirus pandemic were never just the result of higher labor and production costs, but were partially caused by corporations' deliberate price gouging. And I say that is because many companies don't have enough competition. And, of course, you know, Ford v. Dodge. Uh, uh, Excuse me, Dodge v. Ford. Uh, The group said, when the uh, pandemic upended the U.S. economy, businesses jumped on the opportunity to pass these costs on to consumers and added a little extra to to pad their profits. The the worst part, said the group, they're still doing it. Groundwork Collaborative said this research revealed CEOs openly bragging to their shareholders about their ability to raise prices beyond their rising costs to increase profits. To justify these moves, CEOs hid behind the cover of supply chain issues and the economic turmoil caused by the pandemic. Groundwork found that corporate profits, not labor, and other business costs drove 53% of price increases in the second and third quarters of 2023, In the four decades preceding the pandemic, profits uh, drove just 11% of price growth. 53% to 11%. How much money are they making? 42%? The group said business costs have risen by about 1% since 2023. And in some sectors, input costs have gone down due to drops in prices for transportation, warehousing, and fuel. Yet prices for consumers have gone up by 3.4% in the same time period. The report states, the fundamental question we need to ask ourselves is whether we want an economy where corporations can exploit pandemics, supply chain crises, and wars at the expense of American workers and families or an economy economy where corporations are put in check, allowing everyone to thrive. And you and I know corporations will never do anything unless government forces them. Anyway, that's it. It's Friday. Don't forget about the Friday flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep. Don't step in it. Read about it. Friday, January 19th, 2024. Friday, January 19th, 2024. Man, do I appreciate you for coming every day. Uh, bring someone with you uh, today or, to, or this weekend. That would be awesome. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. You can tweet to me or X to me. Questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly Twitter. And remember... Always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.